0: Save your seat now at com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass.
1: If you ask questions, if you're curious, you would be so surprised and shocked of the different opportunities that open themselves up to you. And then the onus is on you to take a shot at something or take that as an opening for something.
0: Fortune favors the bold. Have you heard that phrase? Do you believe it? Jen Cohen has seen the evidence of this concept in action. In order to really benefit from it, though, you need to discover your own form of boldness. And Jen, well, she's here to help. She is the speaker behind the viral TED Talk, The Secret to Getting Anything You Want in Life, Jen Cohen has made an impressive career as an authority in health and fitness, a motivational speaker, an author, a chart-topping podcast host, and more. And there's one common theme throughout all of these career milestones, choosing boldness and going after the life she wanted, not the life she was given. In this conversation, Jen and I will explore what it means to be bold because it's not just taking risks and how you can level up your failures and turn them into your greatest strengths. We're going to talk about how being and feeling mediocre isn't a bad thing and how sometimes being naive is actually a superpower. I'll also ask the expert herself, does fortune truly favor the bold? Well, let's find out and dive in with Jen Cohen. If you need a new, interesting and inspiring podcast to add to your rotation, well, you've got to check out No Straight Path, hosted by Ashley Menzies Babatunde, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. You might recognize her name. Ashley was a guest on Gold Digger last year, and it was so awesome to hear her story and why she started her show. By shedding light on the stories behind the shiny resumes and social media highlights and job titles, No Straight Path aims to humanize success from the millennial perspective. Featuring guests from all walks of life, No Straight Path aims to inspire conversations around the nuanced perspective of success. Listen to No Straight Path wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Jen, I am so excited to have you on the Gold Digger Podcast. When you and I connected months ago, we bonded over many things from motherhood to books, to business, to health. And now I get to ask you all the questions. And so this is so exciting. Welcome to the Gold Digger
1: Podcast. Thank you for having me. And you're right. We did bond Right away, we were friends at first sight. I felt like we were, we kind of like we were cut from the same cloth. So, this is, I'm super excited to be on your podcast now.
0: Okay. So, first, I want you to take me back because you are one of the most many hyphenate people I have ever met in all (laughs) the things you do and the ways that you show up in the world and the ways that you serve the world. So, walk me through a little bit of your career. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And where are you today?
1: That's a really good question. And I love the way you just kind of phrase that because it's true. It's very hyphenated. And it's because honestly, I've just, I tried a lot of things and was actually bad at a lot of things. So I just had to keep on trying. But my origin story is I'm from a small town in Canada called Manitoba. And I was just kind of like a little small town kid, very average, very normal. Nothing great, nothing special. I wasn't especially talented at anything. But what I did harness was this curiosity and this boldness that has really taken me in a lot of different directions that, quite honestly, I never even knew I would actually get to. And my career has kind of taken a lot of zigs and zags, but I ended up in the health and fitness space, writing a lot of different books, starting a lot of different companies, selling a lot of companies obviously, you know, I have my podcast and I work a ton with different brands, but really it all started, I think really where it started from was just, like I said, this whole thing was that I was just kind of like average, even like mediocre, I would say. And, you know, I I really kind of failed a ton. And so that failing kind of, I got kind of immune to it. So it didn't really Mm -hmm. affect me or bother me as much. So it were for me when I failed to kind of, get myself back up, dust myself off, and then try something else again. You know, I do feel like sometimes when you are average, and when you are mediocre, you kind of have to learn to be resourceful. And that's a blessing. And it's kind of served me very well in my life. You know, a lot of times, if you're just great at everything, you can just rest on those laurels. And I didn't have that luxury. And most of us don't have that luxury. So if anything, I tell people all the time, and I talk about this a lot in my book is that, you know, if you are someone who, if you feel that you are just average and not special or great in something, or you're not talented in one particular area, great. That's amazing because that's how you're going to flourish and that's how you're going to shine.
0: I love that. And I can so relate. And one thing that I want to talk about with you today is this topic of being mediocre, because I feel like so many times when I talk to people who are ambitious, or they have this like deep desire within themselves to do something more or start the business or have the side hustle or launch the podcast or whatever that is, the number one thing that they say is like, I'm too boring. Like, what do I have to say? What makes me different? And I have found time and time again, that those spaces that we feel that way in are usually the places that connect us the most. So what would you say to someone that has that argument and that is their excuse for not doing the thing that they feel called to do?
1: Well, that's true. The the self-doubt that we all fear and feel is what holds everyone back, Right that's the number one reason why we don't go for the job that we want. We don't go for the guy or the girl that we want to date and that we end up living a life that's quote unquote, good enough or right. And we acquiesce to what's in front of us as opposed to chasing what we really want, not just taking what we get. And it's about, at one point you have to reframe the way you think of things right Mm -hmm. now. You may not be, good enough at anything yet. I really believe, and I'm an example of this, you don't have to be the best. The people who are the best aren't the ones who actually at the end of the day win. It's the people that try. It's about acting, practice, and movement. Like There's something about a momentum, right? Something in motion stays in motion, but you have to start doing it. And what I always say to people, like anything else, start small you know, the boldness that I'm, I'm constantly preaching is about stop that overthinking, stop thinking that you're not good enough, thinking that there's, you're not overthinking and that self-doubt that just stops that start. You just have to think, you know what, let me just try it. Let me just go after, let me just, you know, do a little bit here. So like, if you're someone who needs to be bold, you can start by doing little things, right? So you can get comfortable doing the big things. You know, if, if it's something as, simple as asking a question, like asking someone for help. A lot of people get stuck in that because they think that they're, that they're like you said, they're not good enough. So I give people these little tips and tricks. Now this is just like a very small actionable thing, but start asking for the little things in your life, like calling up your cell service provider and asking for, is there a better plan or a different plan that might be available to save some money? You know, something little like that, just to kind of get comfortable with that ask. Or when you go to a restaurant, you know, and you want sauce on the side or dressing on the side, you know, where you normally wouldn't do something like that because you feel like you'd be annoying or you're not to want to either want to like create a, a scene or a stir. You want to kind of just like take what's in front of you. But when you get comfortable asking for those little things, it gets you ready to ask and be more comfortable asking for the big things. So you can do these little, little bite-sized bold moves that can kind of like prime you to Mm -hmm. get easier and better at that.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the word bold because I feel like most women wouldn't use that word for themselves. I feel like I mean, even, you know, being from the Midwest, I feel like meekness is almost praised when it comes to being (laughs) a female. And even just the example of what you just said, like I I even think about like, if I'm getting a massage and the table gets too hot, I often wouldn't even say anything just because I don't want to inconvenience someone, right? Right, exactly. I think so many of us can relate to that. So let's talk about the word bold. Like, how did you become an expert on boldness? What did that look like for you? Have you always been that way? Is it a skill that you've honed? Give me kind
1: of the scoop on that. I love that you said that because I'm Canadian. So I totally understand this whole meekness thing, which is why I thought it was so important for me to write a book about it. Because most women don't want to seem assertive and aggressive because it comes off wrong, right? Yeah. Then they, that the people who then just acquiesce to what's available. And then they don't live a life of extraordinary and richness. And when I say richness, I don't mean money richness. I mean, a life that's rich with like meaningful, deep relationships and experiences that they really in their head really wanted to do. They don't self-actualize to who they really wanted to become because they don't want to ask for it. They don't want to be a certain way. So we get so stuck in these norms of what we should do that we end up living kind of like a life that's very limiting to what we really perceived ourselves to really want deep down. And so I'm really happy you said that because I am that person. I yeah. am that Canadian girl or that Midwestern girl. So I wanted to really make that clear. And so to answer your question, Noah, I was somebody who I feel that it's not what you say. I should, I should also say it's not what you say in boldness. It's how you say it. Yeah. You can get away with a lot if you say it in a nice way, if you're kind, if you're considerate. People confuse being bold with being aggressive necessarily or being, you know, just there's a negative connotation. Sometimes yeah. I don't perceive it that way. When I look at the word bold, that to me means that I am at least chasing what I want versus just taking what I get. And I was somebody when I was young, like I said, that didn't necessarily, I wasn't, I wasn't great at anything, but one thing I did, I always was, was curious, Mm. and with the curiosity and i believe this with a lot of different people if you are curious it is a gateway to connections opportunity and and really community but you have to come from a place of genuine interest and if you ask questions if you're curious you would be so surprised and shocked of the different opportunities that open themselves up to you and then the onus is on you to take a shot at something or take that as an opening for something. So because I was curious, it led me down a lot of different roads where I just was able to take that, that extra step. So that curiosity to me is kind of the first step to being an acting bold, right? A lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that a lot of times when we have small little wins, of boldness, it helps us get to the next win. So when I was young, you know, I I'm a, I don't I don't want to bore you with this long story, but I wanted a job to be a VJ, you know, much music. It's like a, it's basically the MTV. Oh of Canada, yes, I know right? what a VJ is. Yes, right. And I I loved music. I knew that was one thing I was super passionate about. I loved it. And I really wanted to, I really wanted that job. And it was a very coveted job because it's basically like the Carson Daly, you know, you mean like you're yes. basically on a TV show interviewing, talking about music to a bunch of rock stars, super coveted. And when I was like 17 years old, I knew that was the job I wanted to do. And so what I did, and at the time Keanu Reeves was coming to my little hometown. He was right off of the movie Speed, which was like his big hit that made him like a huge, huge star. And he wanted to like practice his Shakespeare. So I, I thought in my very naive mind, you know, well, why can't I get Keanu Reeves to be on my demo tape, which will then guarantee an audition for much music. And there I, I maybe get the job. I knew I had to do something out of the box and unique. And I really believe like, why, why, why not? Like why I should take that shot. And because of my naivety, I thought, well, sure, that can happen. I was 17. And I told my friends and my family and they all laughed at me and they thought I was like crazy. And so like a couple days later, Keanu was uh, performing at the Manitoba Theater Center. And I waited outside for him at the theater center in minus minus. 40 degree weather and you being from, you know, I know. know. (laughs) Okay. It was freezing. And I, I basically begged a girlfriend to go with me. She lasted six minutes and said, you know, basically screw this. I'm going home. It's too cold. I sat there. My toes were becoming, were like frostbitten, but eventually he walked out with a bunch. And when he walked out a bunch of other girls. So I walked up to him. I tugged on his jacket. He looked at me and he says to me, uh, I know you want an autograph. So, you know, do you have a pen and paper? And me being this naive 17-year-old kid, I had no paper, no pen. I said, no, I, I don't want an autograph. I need you to help me get my dream job. And he looked at me in complete confusion and basically says to me, just like, I don't know what you're talking like, about. was kind of like completely perplexed. It's like, write down your number. I'll call you. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I didn't have a pen, didn't have a piece of paper. Ah! Some girl lent me her eyeliner and I had like a gum wrapper in my purse and I basically wrote down my phone number and gave it to him. And the next day I went to school, I told my friends, everyone laughed at me. And my mom laughed. Everyone was, everyone was like, just teasing me, you know, day two, same thing happens. Day three, I come back home. I checked my, my answering machine because at the time we didn't have voicemail. And lo and behold, guess who was all who was on my answering machine. Yeah. I hear Keanu saying, this is Keanu. I met you the other night. I don't know what you were saying. Call me back. Left me a phone number. Cut to, I went to pick him up at his hotel three days later with my mom's Cutlass Supreme and drove him back to my house. My mom made him lunch. My friends who weren't laughing at me as as hard as the other friends were at my house with, with cameras in every corner of the room to record my dream interview with Keanu so I can make that demo tape. And by the way, I didn't get the job at much music, but I did get the audition and I did become runner up. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take and you don't know what you don't know. And that moment proved to me, it was a very, very, like, it was a, a very pivotal point. It proved to me that boldness is a much stronger indicator of success them being smart, that being talented. It's about the people who actually go, who are, night. Na- it's the naivety. If I had too much experience and I was too seasoned and I knew too much, I would never even made that, that shot. I would never even made that, make that ask. But because I didn't know any better and I was just like, kind of, just kind of la-di-da, who knows? It actually worked out for me. And it took me down in a complete different trajectory of my life than I ever thought imaginable. Because I knew right at that moment that if I just ask the question, the worst that can happen is no. What's the worst that can happen? The worst thing, I would be no worse off if the answer was no. I'd just go back to my whatever life. But you never know what you don't know. But in real life, it never turns out that bad. To me, it's like that works as your superpower. The less you know, the better. The more naive you are, the better. So if you're somebody starting a business or want to do wants to start a podcast or wants to, you know, pivot to another job or ask somebody else out or whoever, whatever the scenario is, you have to always think of rejection is always going to be better than regret. Yes. And you never know unless you know. Yes. I love that.
0: We all have bad habits. My bad habit is that I work with a million tabs open. Like literally, as I'm talking to you, I have so many tabs open. I can't even see what the tabs are. I am the worst. Does anyone else do this? Now, the thing is, is that bad habits tend to find their way into our businesses too. From emailing clients at 2am or spending way too much time and money on legacy software your IT person grandfathered in, or taking on tasks just because you can, not because you should. Well, it is time to break up with the bad business habits and break in new ways to bring our A-game in 2023. HubSpot's all-in-one connected CRM platform can help you there. It makes it easy to better connect your teams, data, and systems so that you can better connect with your customers. Best of all, it is free to get started. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at hubspot.com slash When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's kajab dot slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. So talk to me about your book. So bigger, better, bolder live the life you want, not the life you get. And I think part of the reason why you and I connected so much is just this deep understanding that like so many people are kind of moving through their life and, you know, waking up at three in the morning and asking themselves, like, is this it? Like, is this all that I've worked so hard for? Is this all that there is to life? And you know, I think that something that's so beautiful is this idea, this notion of like going after what you want. What was it like writing this book? And was it, you know, was it challenging? Did it open you up? Did it remind you of some of the places that you've been bigger, better, bolder in your life? Like walk me through that.
1: It was actually, it was much more difficult than I thought, right? Mm -hmm. Because it takes, well, because number one, it takes you back to places that you may have forgot that you were, right? Yes. And it also makes you ha- Makes you think about where you are now in your life. Yeah. And if, where am I not being bold? I don't think, it's basically, everyone's a work in progress. And so am I, you know, like, you know, it's very easy. Like anything else, like if you exercise, you know, if you want to be strong, you need to go to the gym every day and work out, right? It's not something that's a one and done. It's a... S- Boldness to me is a skill like anything else that you need to practice and harness over time. So when, when I was writing this book, I saw a lot of blind spots in my own life where I wasn't being bold. Yeah. Right. And it kind of made me see like, you know what, like I'm not living exactly the life I want in this area because, and to me, it's about living a rich life in every area of your life, you know, personally, professionally. And they're all, you can be very bold in certain areas and in your life and not so bold in other areas. And I talk about this in my book, I have different categories of boldness, right? There's, I have something called social boldness, which is really about relationships, family, friends, career, and really kind of that stuff, like the socializing of things, everything in that way. And then we have like self-actualization, boldness, which is like, are you truly becoming or being the person you really want to be deep down, which can be anything from, well, there's a, you can go into the book. I don't want to like bore you with every detail on this podcast, but there's a lot of different ways that you can be showing up being bold in certain areas and really kind of not in other areas. So I was even noticing that with my own life and sometimes things that are very, common and simple become, we we kind of create complications around them. And a lot of times it's about just like being self-aware and looking at like taking a moment, looking within you and seeing where those blind spots are and then improving them bit by bit. Amazing. Okay. So walk me through this
0: part of the process. So something that I think happens to a lot of people, and I feel like you are kind of an expert in this, is that a lot of people try something, it doesn't pan out. And I feel like they just give up too easily. Like they take something that they chalk up as a failure and they miss the opportunity to turn it into a strength or a learning moment or an opportunity to like move forward with fresh perspective. Do you have any examples of how this happened to you? Like something that you once thought was like the worst failure of your life turned into something that maybe opened up opportunities for you? Yeah, my my whole life. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Read Jen Cohen's biography. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everything, everything. What's so interesting in life is that most times your biggest fails end up being your biggest successes later down the line, but you didn't see those dots connecting at that moment, right? Because to me, every failure, right, is just a dot don't even know how it's going to connect to the next dot and the next dot, because we're only in chapter one, you don't know what happens in chapter 10. Yeah. and Right. So it's like, it's really perspective, right? You know, how about there's a thing I talk about in my book called baggage versus luggage, right? Okay. Yes. Right. And you can think of something and that's really perspective. You can think of something as baggage, which is kind of like, it's, it connotes like, you know, heavy, you know, you got to lug it around. It's like, it's, it's weighing you down. But if you think of luggage, you think of like, you think of vacation, you're going on a different, pl- you know what I mean? You're, it's light. It's going to be an adventure. It's fun. I'm, I'm grabbing something. It's all about how you're framing something in your head to be. Yeah. And to me, when I failed, like this, the podcast I have, right. Habits and hustle. Yep. I don't know if you know this, Jenna, but that was actually sold to NBC as a TV show called Game Changers. Okay, I, I sold my podcast to NBC. It was the idea behind it was to be with people for like to. Do you remember Cribs on MTV? All these like MTV oh, references. Yes, do you remember? I'm in. Okay, it was supposed to be like the, for entrepreneurs, basically for on NBC where I would go into someone's life that's an extraordinary entrepreneur, someone who's like a game changer or disruptor yep. and peek at a day in the life of them, like what they eat, what they drink, their workout routines. What do they do every single day to keep them on point, to be productive and be who they are, right? Yep. And I, it was sold and it was such a highlight. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. This is going to be amazing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I got myself all like worked up on this amazing night that I sold a show, right. A highlight. Right. And then, you know, one month turned into two that turns into 10 and now we're a year in and out and nothing's done. We We have, right. We all have a pilot. It hasn't moved. Nothing was going on. We couldn't agree on anything. And it was like, just like in purgatory, which is the worst place in anything to be. And so eventually I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, we're going in from a year. It's going to be close to two years with them just sitting on this thing. I'm not going to put my destiny in somebody else's hands anymore. Mm-hmm. So I took back that agency. I took back that ownership and said, you know what? I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to make a podcast out of the same idea. And I'm like, I'm going to call it habits and hustle. I'm going to invite the same type of people that I would have interviewed on TV, onto my podcast, I'm going to pick away at everything that they do, every habit they do, every kind of little hack and productivity tip, what they do every day to be on point, to be who they are. And I'm just going to make a podcast of it. And, you know, to hell with it. I'm not going to let NBC or anybody else kind of define my destiny. I took the ownership back onto my own hands, the agency on basically back. And lo and behold, I started my own podcast. Now, was it a TV show? No, but you know what the truth is? I control what's happening day to day of my life and what I'm doing. And I've met the most extraordinary people from this experience. I met you. I met Mark Cuban. I've met people that I would never in a million years think that I had access to because I took a chance and I didn't let somebody else's behavior or ideologies affect what happens in my life. And this podcast has given me extraordinary, not just access, but opportunity mm-hmm. at, to create a life and a professional trajectory that I never dreamed imaginable. And that to me, it was a failure when that looking out. I was like, I was really upset. I was like day to day. I was like, what is going on? It was like, it was playing on my, on my insecurity. I'm not good enough. They don't want me. They don't like me. They don't want to do it. And then I had to like shift my perspective and reframe those negative thoughts. And like I said, take agency and ownership of my own life and just pivot. And change that idea of what, you know, baggage versus luggage and really just go into a different direction, which then turned into something that I never even thought imaginable. So your biggest failure or your failure usually turns into a success down the road that you never even knew existed.
0: I love that story too, because for you, it was something that was weighing on you and like disturbing your peace every single day. Nobody else, it wasn't bothering anyone else. Nobody else even knew about it. No one else was losing sleep over it. And I feel like this is such a powerful reminder because I feel like every single person listening to this, there is something that they are feeling guilt about or shame about. And they're walking through their life thinking that is the biggest failure. And I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe I didn't follow through. I can't believe I failed again. And no one else is thinking about it. It's you, it's, it's ruining your peace. And it's like, our peace is so so powerful and it's something that we need to work towards. And I think it's such a beautiful reminder, Jen, of like, if there is something in your life that is literally like haunting you or reminding you or making you feel a certain type of way or taking away your peace every day, is there maybe a pivot? Is there something that you can do that will just start to inch you towards that goal or that objective or that dream because no one else was thinking that what was happening to you was a failure, but you were living that, right? And that had the power to
1: kind of take away your power, but you didn't let it. And I think that's so powerful, Thank you, Jenna. Well, I think that we are our worst enemies and our worst critics, yeah, and you know, our like our worst enemies. We basically sabotage ourselves right? Because we don't think we're good enough. And mm-hmm. it comes back right back down to that self doubt. You know, you asked me earlier and I, and I, and I didn't really even finish what I was going to say, which is a lot of times there was a, there was research and there was a study done maybe in 2016. I don't remember the exact year. Maybe I think it was where a bunch of researchers, what they did was they, they studied a bunch of kids between the ages of four and six, to gauge their level of like focus and perseverance at a work task. Okay. And what they noticed, do you remember? And I'm sure when you were a kid, you did this and I did this. I, I love wonder woman. Right. And I always have, and you know, my little kids do this. I learned this from my little kids, but when you're a little kid, you have this alter ego, right? When, when I put on my wonder woman cuffs, or when I, when I was a little kid or when, you know, I felt strong. I felt like I could conquer the world. I felt powerful, right? And when these researchers did this study in 2016 with these with these kids between those ages of four and six, they noticed when the kids had this alter ego or they were in uh, Batman bat- capes and Wonder Woman capes and so forth, and they were asked certain questions to do a task, they did something called self-distancing. Do you know what self-distancing is? Mm -mm. It's basically when you separate your real self, you know, from an alter ego or a third person. So when people think of themselves as an alter ego or have this other thing, it gives them, and this is what the research has proven, the focus and perseverance and feeling of power, like quadrupled, like to, to a task. So, and that's called self-distancing. When you think of yourself in a third, when you perceive yourself or lean into a third party. So I have Wonder Woman and I did this as a little kid because I always loved it, is that when you feel like you have no power and you feel low and down that you can't do something, a little thing is like create an alter ego. Beyonce has it with Sasha Mm -hmm. Fierce when she Mm -hmm. goes onto a stage, right? And they called it, it's called the Batman effect when you have this alter ego it gives you this feeling that you can conquer the world it gives you this feeling of power it gives you this feeling that you can accomplish and it sounds can be very childlike right but the truth is it works in every age bracket of life right so if you can't do something because you feel that that you feel like i'm not good enough i don't have that strength i don't have that power Go to that Batman effect, create a Batman effect, create that alter ego to help push you down that, to kind of like push you over that edge. You would be surprised. Like I wear a Wonder Woman pendant every single day as a reminder that, you know what? I am strong. I can do this. And it can sound silly and trite to some people, but honestly, it works it, it does work. And there's so much research backing it up.
0: Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Oh, I love that. And I think that's such a great call to action in the sense of like your identity impacts how you show up and your identity can shift. And if you're listening and you're thinking I'm mediocre or, you know, I'm not bold or I'm not better or whatever that is, this is your opportunity to clothe yourself in a new identity and to like, try it on and to really like embody that persona of the person that you want to become Jen. Tell me why people should go out and grab your book that is everywhere books are sold, bigger, better, bolder. Give me a little scoop or preview of what people can expect to get inside of your book.
1: Well, they can, first of all, I'm a big believer in actionable, practical things that you can do to help change your life for the better. Or as opposed to just preaching from a white tower, I give people steps, and actionable things that they can actually do day to day. So I think that's a really important thing to mention. And I believe that if someone is out there and they're listening and they do feel that self doubt is holding them back, and that they do need to be a more bold in one area, or they do want to live a richer life, I do believe that they will find ways that they can do tomorrow what they don't have the courage to do today by reading the book. And that is honestly how I feel. And they can pick it up anywhere. I mean, you can Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever. I mean, wherever five books are sold. And it comes with like a workbook where they can actually see themselves progress and become more bold as they go, as opposed to, like I said, just speaking with a lot of, you know, just a lot of platitudes and really not give anybody the tools. I want to, I provide the tools. So that's what I have to say about it.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. As someone who has been through all of this alongside of you, I am just so excited for everyone to get their hands on your book. And Jen, where can everybody find out more about you, connect with you, the work you
1: do, listen to your podcast, give us all the places. Oh, they can follow me on, you know, all the different social media, Instagram, uh, TikTok at the real Jen Cohen. My podcast is called Habits and Hustle, and they can find it anywhere they listen to podcasts Apple, Spotify, you know, all the usual places. They can go to JenniferCohen.com, you know, all the regular places that people get found.
0: Oh, I am so excited for you. Everyone go out and grab Jen's new book. And Jen, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast
1: today. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this conversation. Thank you so much, Jenna, for having me. It was really great being on with you.
0: Does anyone else want to go watch TRL on MTV? I'm not going to lie. We still watch MTV, The Challenge. So I am still a fan of that channel. I loved this conversation with Jen. I love meeting other powerhouse women and seeing what they do. And I am just so excited for her to get this book out into the world to help women live bigger, better, and bolder lives Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the gold digger podcast. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals.